Good morning. Welcome to our service of worship this morning. It's a beautiful sunny day outside. We're, I think, thoroughly into the season of spring with all the flowers blooming and trees blossoming. It's a beautiful day to join you in worship today. We're going to begin our service with our first hymn, Awake My Heart with Gladness. Now, preface. I am not super familiar with this hymn, so those of you who are, I need you to sing out really loud. But I want to test myself and get out there and stretch and do hymns that I'm not used to. So we're going to try this one this morning. Amen. 
first reading of Scripture. Our scripture this morning is from Acts 2, verses 42 to 7. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, life among the believers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all the things in common. They would sell the possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our lectionary song for today is Psalm 23. The Divine Shepherd will be reading responsibly. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Our next hymn is Immortal Invisible, Godly Wise. Thank you. 
And now for our next reading of scripture. I'm reading First Peter two, nineteen to twenty-five. For it is to your credit if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, where is the credit in that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called. Because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. His, he committed no sin, no dissent from, was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore all the sins in his body on the cross, so that, free from sin, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were going astray like sheep. But now you have to return to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. The word of our Lord. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him, because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him, because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved, and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life, and have it abundantly. The Gospel of our Lord. There's a variation of an African proverb that goes like this. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. At the heart of this saying is the belief in the necessity of community. Christianity as a faith tradition is rooted in the truth that it is meant to be practiced both alone and together. You'll notice that Jesus chose twelve disciples. 
He didn't just go and do a bunch of stuff all by himself. When he sent them out to do ministry among the people, he sent them out in pairs, two by two. And in our lectionary text from the book of Acts, we read about what the early church did together as the bedrock practices of their community life. As I was reading this passage in Acts 2 over the past week, it dawned on me that Luke, the author, mentions one aspect of community three times. Food. Food. Three times. Breaking bread twice, and in another phrase he says, they ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Community is enhanced by shared meals. It's in the Bible. Now, we might think, that's nice. The early church had dinner parties. But this is too superficial a reading of the text. We need to step into the shoes of our first century Jewish Christian ancestors and understand what sharing food really meant to them. In first century Jewish belief and practice, eating a meal with someone at a table was one of the most intimate things you could do with another person. If you invited people to your home and ate a meal with them around your table, you were letting them into the most important and central aspect of your family's life. Tables in homes were very sacred places. We might just leave it at that. However, there was a profound theological reason for the sacredness placed upon the dining room table in someone's home. In Jewish faith and practice of the first century, your dining table at home was like a miniature version of the temple altar. That table of the altar where sacrifices were performed and other religious rituals took place, that was the most important table of them all. And every faithful member of the Jewish community saw their table as a reflection or a mini-version of that central, special table. Now, with this context in mind, we can now see why the Pharisees got so mad at Jesus for eating with prostitutes and tax collectors. He was inviting them to tables, or coming to their tables, to show them the love of God, and it was scandalous. No one does that. Except, of course, the second person of the Trinity, who came to show all humanity that radical nature of God's love and grace. Amen? Amen. So the early church in the book of Acts shared food together at tables in homes and shared food together in the temple. They gathered to eat to be in community, to connect, to show their love for one another. Eating together was so much more than just fuel for the body. It was a visible sign of their community identity as people who follow Jesus and love one another. In the first verse of the lectionary text that we read, there were three other rhythms that were routine and regularly scheduled for the early church. They listened to the apostles' teaching, they shared in fellowship, and they prayed together. Now, if all of this is sounding familiar, it's because we do these things every week. When we gather here for our chapel service, 
we pray together, we sing together, we greet one another, we listen to the apostles through the scriptures, and we have food and fellowship afterwards. This is the essence of Christian community. We are blessed in the sharing of life together. In his famous tiny book on Christian community, pastor and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, the physical presence of other Christians is a source of incomparable joy and strength to the believer. Community is a tremendous gift to each and every one of us as believers. And this gift comes with unique tasks and challenges. So what I want to spend the rest of the message doing this morning is give us three aspects of community, or three action steps, really, that we can consider to help strengthen community. The first one is the theme or the action of service. In our passage, Luke wrote, All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the need the proceeds to all as any had need. So a lot of people in our culture get hung up on the sharing possessions and goods and money. We really don't like sharing, even though it's a fundamental lesson we are taught in kindergarten. But the heart of this verse is more important than anything else. The early church took care of each other. That's the heart of the verse. They took care of each other. Needs were met. Concerns were addressed. People noticed when brothers and sisters were in distress or hurting or lacking. And the community wrapped their arms around people to help. That's the essence of service, my friends. Service means to listen, to understand the other's needs, to offer ways to meet those needs, and to address what is lacking. There are actually many, many different ways that we can serve one another. For example, listening is a great gift of service. To truly listen to another person when they share or talk. Another way to notice is to notice your brothers and sisters' emotions. When someone appears sad or down or depressed, Ask them what you can do. Ask them what they need. Ask them how you can help. Now, that service, that's one aspect of what we can do to strengthen the community. A second one is, we can practice forgiveness. Forgiveness has both a vertical and a horizontal element in Christian faith. God forgives us and shows us how to forgive one another. Now, our passage in Acts doesn't explicitly reference forgiveness, but it is an unavoidable topic and issue when talking about community. Because when a bunch of broken, messed up, and silly human beings attempt to live together in community, we're bound to hurt each other. Which means we are invited to practice forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you let go of a slight or a wrongdoing that has been done to you by another person. But you'll notice that in my definition, there's no need to actually talk to another person or even acknowledge that you've been hurt. Forgiveness is a choice you make to release the pain and suffering you've experienced. And in fact, you don't even need to talk to them to forgive them. But there are a lot of layers to forgiveness as well. Sometimes, 
we are invited to forgive someone who we can no longer talk to because they've already passed away. Or we're invited to forgive someone because, or someone who we cannot work out reconciliation with because they're at a great distance from us. Or maybe they are in the uh, challenging experience of dementia, memory loss, or even in a physical coma, and so there's no way to talk to them. And yet, based on the experiences we've had with them, we are still able to potentially forgive them. Forgiveness sets us free. Forgiveness sets us free. Sometimes forgiveness is easy, right? Because it's a small thing that maybe was a one-time event. Other times, forgiveness is much more difficult, and it can require a whole season or years of a journey to practice. Forgiveness does not require that you trust someone if they've hurt you in such a way that they need to earn trust back. That's called having boundaries. Sometimes people talk about forgiveness and they say, well, now you forgive, you forget, you move on. But sometimes you have to, in order to be healthy and safe, can forgive and say, I'm not quite ready to trust you yet. You can have both those things at the same time. So forgiveness is important. It's an aspect of community that we need because we hurt each other. We say things we wish we had. We do things we wish we had. And forgiveness helps us remain in unity and find healing from the harm we do to one another. The third aspect or invitation of community this morning is to be a part of inclusion. What does it mean to truly include someone? In our passage, there's no list of markers that identify who gets to participate in the rhythms and who doesn't. Did you notice that? It just says they learned, they hung out, they ate, they prayed. But it doesn't say only those who looked this way hung out, prayed, and had fellowship together, or only those who talked a certain way, or only those who had a certain kind of ancestry or whatever. No identity markers are mentioned. They were just following Jesus' lead. And Jesus hung out with lots of different people. Young and old, poor and wealthy, moral and immoral, savory and unsavory, religious and non-religious. Jesus just went to the people, talked with the people, ate with the people, loved all the people. Even those wily Pharisees who seem to get on his nerves now and again. He loved them too. This is what our faith invites us to. Inclusion. We welcome one another. We welcome outsiders. We welcome people to join us for these wonderful and beautiful rhythms that Acts talks about. And just like forgiveness, this is tough work. Make no mistake, there are people that it will be very hard for you to include. And yet that's what we're called to. Some of us in this room feel the challenge of being included, knowing we have declines in hearing and vision. Others feel the challenge of being included due to declines in mobility and memory function. The list goes on and on, but the goal of our faith as Christians is inclusion, and it takes work. We need to be patient with each other, work on helping each other. That's one of the beautiful challenges of Christian community. All three of these things that I've invited you today, service, forgiveness, inclusion, 
They're summed up in one word. Love. Love for one another. Jesus told his disciples that, that others would know they followed him by their love for one another. When people from the outside looked at the Christian community and saw how much they loved each other, that was the defining marker that they were followers of Jesus. This passage is short and powerful and amazing in so many different ways. And I love it so much. I loved it rereading it multiple times this week that I thought the best possible way to end the message today was to read it one more time. But this time to invite you to close your eyes and imagine what this looked like. This is actually an ancient practice of Bible study from thousands of years within the church to imagine yourself in the text. And this is a beautiful way to do it because it's a narrative, it's a story. So as you close your eyes, I want you to imagine that you are sitting at tables with the first believers. Imagine eating with them. Imagine listening to the teaching and joining in fellowship as I read. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Amen. 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 The beautiful challenge of community is that it takes work. But it is the work of community following Jesus together that makes it beautiful. We are brothers and sisters in faith. We share a community. We come from different places, from a variety of traditions, but we're invited by Jesus to simply love one another. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to act like, uh, we don't have to like each other all the time. We don't have to be perfect. We're just invited to love each other. So as you and I serve, forgive, and include each other, let's remember the promise of this work that we find a place to belong. And not just for us, but a place we can invite others to belong to as well. Amen? Amen. As we continue our service, we're going to sing our next hymn, O Jesus, I Have Promised.
reading our confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us receive our offering. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for our ancestors in the faith who gathered in prayer regularly. And as we do every Sunday, we take a moment to set aside time to specifically lift up the needs we have, the needs we are concerned for for others, the global issues that face our planet. And so, Lord, we bring these to you. We entrust these to your care. You already know all these things, but prayer, Lord, is not bringing them to your attention. It is simply our sign of dependence, us saying, we need you, Lord. Please help us. 
Please help and meet needs. Please bless and perform miracles. Please hear our prayers and act. And we thank you, Lord, that you will give us faith to trust you with whatever these needs are that are represented by our hands. Thank you, Lord, for listening, for hearing our prayers, and for already being active in all these situations. We pray for peace. We pray for healing. We pray for hope. We pray for reconciliation, the power of forgiveness. We pray, Lord, that you would bless us and help us be a blessing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And praying the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now for our final hymn, Christ the Lord is risen today.
peace, serve the Lord. And join in food and fellowship right over in the uh, plumber after our service today. Amen.